Hey, everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, and joining me this fine day is Tyler. Um, hmm. How do I want to do this? Well, you know, here on the PlayStation Report, we like to talk about racing. Well, if we do that, that's going to go at the end of the show. So if you want that, just, you know, skip to the end and, you know, I'll, I'll leave a little bit of silence and then it'll start. You'll you'll get it. You, you people who listen to podcasts know how s- stuff like this goes. So, Tyler, how are you doing? I'm all right. How about you? Mm. I am nervous <laughs> about right. uh, the future of my employment. See if yeah. <laughs> I get this uh, cool new job. Mm-hmm. Um which pays a lot more, uh, which has me work a little bit, a little bit less, I guess. I mean, hour-wise, like it's 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 similar, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll have mm-hmm. a little bit uh, more flexibility, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. I'm waiting for news Monday. <laughs> Hopefully, it comes Monday. Yeah. Because, you know, originally I was supposed to start next week. Mm, gotcha. And, you know, I can't quite tell my current employer, hey, uh, I'm going to do this other thing yeah. if I don't know that I actually have that other thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it might turn into a situation where I'm like, uh, sorry, y'all, I just fi- found out about this right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out the door. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I hope you get it for yeah. sure. It's a little, a little fucked that they're letting you just have, like, fucking anxiety all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, that's employers. You know, so. uh, I mean, well, yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk about video games because this is a podcast about video games. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. So, I guess we should start with the games we've been playing, and I already know what you've been playing because this is what happens every year. <laughs> the new F one game comes out. And you play it for the next six to ten months. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Did Tyler, you... how is that F1 2021? It is It is uh, pretty good. Did you uh, pick it up at all? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, what, what platform did you get it on? That was what I was. I meant I to ask. I got it on PS5. Okay. So. Yeah. And is that a case of a free upgrade or? I think... So, because when I bought it and started preloading it, it gave me the PS4 version too. Okay, and it started downloading that. Just, just dumb. which. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah. I would, right. I would think that it it is a free upgrade, All but right. I don't know for sure. And I might just get that on a PS4 then. Yeah, because I do have that two player career mode, which would be really fun to do. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. F one twenty twenty one is is out. Um, it is cool. Uh, and it's, it is a lot like F1 2020, but, um, there, there's some cool new things about it. Obviously there's, there's the whole breaking point, right? I think that's what it's called story mode. Um, I have not started that yet. Um, only because I just want to go through a season of the, my team mode and then I'll get back to the story mode. Um, cause I just, I just want it to race. And, uh, so the, my team mode, um, which was the big thing about F1 2020, is in this game fully. Um, it is, for the most part, the same mode. Okay. There are some differences. Like, I have seen that in between races so far that 
there's a couple of like dis extra decisions you got to make. Like my second driver, uh, man, what was the wording? It was like, he basically had a bad weekend and he needs, uh, to go to a spa for the day. Yeah. And do I let him go to the spa and his, um, his focus goes up, which that's like a new stat, I think. Mm, uh, Cause I don't remember okay. that in F1 2020. So his focus goes up or I say no. And his experience goes up. Um, just learning the hard way, I guess. So there's there's a couple couple of things like that that they kind of threw in, but for the most part, it is the same mode. Like you're managing all of your resources, your R and D, um, and and all that fun stuff. The activities um, in be in between every race, um, you make your own car, your own driver, your own liveries, all that stuff. So uh, it is. For your sponsors too, all that stuff's in there. Um, so it is pretty much the same thing. Uh, and this game is down to tracks uh, from F1 2020. So China and obviously Vietnam are not in this game. <laughs> Vietnam that they didn't even race at, but was Which, in the game. Is that track even like finished construction yet? I don't know. I have no <laughs> clue. I have no clue. So those two tracks aren't in the game. And then uh, Imola... Portimao and uh, Saudi Arabia are supposed to come later as DLC. I have no clue if they'll do like Turkey or anything like that. I haven't seen that. Um, so there are some tracks that are kind of missing. So the career mode, you start in Bahrain like this season was, and then you skip like right to Spain, um, which was technically the fourth race, I think, this year. And uh, But there are tracks that they're not going to that were that are still in the calendar, like Canada's in this. Singapore and Australia are okay. still still in the game. So they did say that they're going to add some of the newer tracks that they've raced at this year, or newer for the calendar at least, um, into the game later. Um, and they literally say that like as soon as you boot it up for the first time, it says, like, please keep your game connected to the Internet as new tracks will be added later for free. Okay. So. So yeah, so I did that. Uh, so I, I've started that. I'm just going to work through a season and then get back to the and do the career mode because I did he, I did kind of hear the career mode. It's kind of short, but it does seem pretty neat. Um, and it seems like you're kind of in like a lot of different scenarios almost. Um, so I'm curious about that. Uh, so I did Bahrain and fucking crushed it. it was oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I I loved it. Um, did not so a safety car came out. I then I then kind of jumbled the field back. Did not have a good second stint. Hamilton got by me, and I'm, I could not fucking get him. And then um, he pitted, but I ran a little bit long, and it kind of worked out because I came out with like barely any traffic, but he got caught in traffic. So then I just fucking crushed it, and then went to Spain and just. I just kind of sucked it up a little bit. I don't know what it is about sector two on that track that I just suck at. It, it's so you, you come around, um, you know, there's the big sweeping corner mm -hmm. and then you go down, there's a, there's a right hander and then basically an immediate left hander. It's basically from there as you then make another left hander and then go up the hill to yeah. the next DRS section. I just fuck that corner up all the time. And I, I don't know why. But what made this race exciting is that it rained the entire time on oh. wet tires, and so that was that was cool. Lots of lots of slipping and sliding, um, lots of cool. You know, this game looks good; it runs great. So, like the visibility that you see is pretty 
pretty intense, especially in the beginning of the race. And I felt like I was racing really well. And then just, I just kind of fell off at the end a little bit and finished seventh. So, and then next is Monaco. So now it just, mm. it's going to suck ass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool. And then, uh, they added like new, cause I don't remember if this was in F1 2020. So correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, they added a straight up cockpit view oh, to yeah. where you can be like the driver through his eyes. And so you're like sitting right behind the wheel rather yep. than like the TV uh, camera that's I on think top. they've had that before. They probably had. And I tried that out and it made me go, I have no clue how these drivers do this shit. Mm. Like you were so low to the ground. You have the halo in front of you. So that kind of blocks some things off. And man, it was just intense. I tried it for a couple laps and I'm like, eh. I'm all right. I'll go back to the TV pod sort of mode where you're kind of right behind yeah. the driver, almost at the top of their helmet. So that was really exciting, though. But yeah, it's a it's a great game. I will be playing it a lot for sure. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I yeah. hmm, I imagine that didn't leave you much time for other stuff. Um. No, well, I played that on on Friday okay. when it came out, but I did finish Yakuza like a dragon. Okay, good. Good. Yes. So I was really close uh, last time, and um, I don't know what it was. I breezed through that boss fight this time. Like, I had no trouble at all, and I used that, like, Peerless Resolve ability, which allows uh, Ichiban to, like, basically survive a big hit. But when I got to that second half of that boss fight with Tendo, that didn't even happen like at all. Hmm. Like he had some powerful attacks, but none of them got me close to death or cause it's supposed to be like a one hit KO. So I have no clue what happened. So I just kind of felt like I breezed through that fight. It was still a little annoying cause how grindy it was. And, and basically Tendo is like basically the final boss almost not technically, but what comes afterwards is super breezy. And, really fun don't get me wrong very exciting story-wise uh but that tendo fight's kind of the last one that's tough and man the last hour of this game is just all the emotions oh uh, yeah. I'm like i'm like oh my god <laughs> so yeah like both fights with um uh masato uh arakawa mm-hmm. the young master um were very exciting uh, I liked the one with like all of his dudes around. It just it felt epic, and then the the final one where it's just you and uh, you and him kind of fist fighting was just intense. And then all the cutscenes that follow, just all the emotions. You just want to like ball your eyes out, man. Mm-hmm. Um, they they did such a great job with that story, and I loved every second of it. At the end, I I just. I think Ichiban Kasuga might be one of my favorite video game characters of all time. Like, he's just, he's charming, he's loyal, sometimes to a, his own detriment. Um, and just the way he uh, kind of treats his friendships and in, in how he, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the words, like, He's just such a genuinely good person and tries to be. And sometimes it screws him, but then most of the time it, it works out. And for him to really come around still 
to to uh, Arakawa at the end after everything that he did and he said to him and all that stuff. I just I just thought it was amazing and really really loved that game just about every second of it and yeah I don't I don't have too much else to say about it. Awesome, awesome. It was it was awesome. I'm very very glad that I I played through that game. And I would honestly recommend that game to anyone that's looking to get into this franchise. Like, it's it's a good starting point. Like, yeah, there's some things that probably meant way more to longtime Yakuza players, but they were still really exciting when they happened. It's a great jumping on point. I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah. So Awesome. And at some point, I'd like to go back and try some of these older ones. So, not saying I'll do it anytime soon, but I de- it's definitely something I want to do. Good, good, so. yeah. Because I, you had the JRPG uh, Yakuza yeah. experience. I wonder what uh, what you'll think of the beat 'em up yeah. Yakuza experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because I I feel like those games aren't like aren't as grindy as Yakuza Seven. Yeah, I can see that. And Yakuza Seven doesn't ha- have, excuse me doesn't have a ton of grind. Yeah, it's just that one just turning that point. one section. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the game doesn't really give you a heads up either. So you can what, really But go... what it does do is introduce that tower right before that point. <laughs> it, it does. It does, yes. Which kind of is your hint of like, hey, you should probably go through this. But it doesn't really say like, you should go through this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because then you go into that next story section and get fucking smacked. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize what's going on, you know? But other than that, it's not a very grindy game at all, really. Like, if you just take the time to run through that tower two or three times, you know, I think you're you, you're totally fine the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I loved it, man. Cool. So, what have you played? Oh, pretty much the same stuff as last week. Um, sticking with the Final Fantasy XIV. Uh playing some well i guess about final fantasy 14 i will hit a quick news item um they ran out of digital codes (laughs) for final fantasy 14 um i guess they just didn't generate enough but uh well or they were trying to save the servers but yeah yeah, there is a huge influx of new players this is um this is like this is partially because of a big streamer coming over um, an old, a WoW streamer, uh, I believe his name is Asmund Gold. Um, but his fans like flock around wherever he is. Mm. Uh, so there was a huge influx of new players. Um, and they weren't all just from him. Like this game is really popular now. Like there's a new mm. expansion coming out later this year. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's definitely a lot more people talking about this game. There's a free trial going up yeah. through the first expansion. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it it's a good time to start playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, which you won't. Hey. No. <laughs> Sorry. Even though you used to play WoW, I think you, you for mentioned. a brief moment in in my life. Yeah, back. Back when I don't had even time. know. Yeah, I don't even think like the Burning Crusade was out yet mm. and stuff. So it was like the early days of WoW. Mm. Okay. So, um, but yeah, there there are a whole bunch of new players, and I'm having that experience where um, 
I am the veteran player bringing uh, these new players through dungeons. <laughs> and that is, a, that is a new experience for me. Uh, having only, I think I've played this game for three years now. I want to say it's been three years since yeah. I started. Seems right. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's new to me trying to uh, trying to play the game and teach people mechanics at the same time. Uh, but I'm getting through it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's been fun. Um, I've also stuck with uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I'm mm, what's that planet called? Shit, the one with the Wookies. Oh. Motherfucker. I'm like halfway through that. Damn. I'm gonna look this up because this is gonna piss me off. It's <laughs> on the t- it's on like the top of my fucking head. See, I don't know like I as much as I enjoy some things about Star Wars, I just don't remember everything. Kashik. Kashik. That's it. Okay. I knew it began with a K followed by an A. I like that there we go. I like that sequence yeah. where you're in in the in the walker. Yeah. That that's that's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I like how they switched it up a little bit there. Which is a nice little change of pace, even though it's pretty much a turret sequence. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm having fun with that. Yeah, uh, I, running I, into my first few. Uh, oh, what are they called? The those mm, those special Jedi killing motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what you're uh, talking about. Man, it's they're, now they're that's bothering though. me that I don't know that. <laughs> they're fun though. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. It's just been a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, been been doing some of that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good it's a good time. I'm having a good time with a Star Wars game. Yeah, I felt like Kashyyyk was like the planet where I felt like that game really clicked for me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, just because a lot you can get into and lots of cool things that happen story wise and in there and. Um. Yeah. So that, that planet's good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. You enjoying the combat and everything? More yeah. Or? Yeah. I. I mean. I have learned the tricks. I have learned how to uh, wait until they actually swing. Like wait. Like do doing the blocking at the start of their swing rather than closer to the impact. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Yeah, once you once you learn like what the, what the timing is that they're asking of you, it's not that hard. Right. Um, and then I've been uh, playing a little bit more Fallout seventy six. Uh, just you know, just existing in that world. I've I've done some things that I don't remember from the last time I played it. Like they have this new shelter kind of thing. Like normally you can build your camps and stuff, but now they've added like this prefabricated like underground shelter almost like a vault where you can build out a little little camping space in mm-hmm. there um and yeah i mean it's it's fine it's fine i think fallout 76 is in a fine place i think it is an acceptable video game which is not what i would have <laughs> said yeah. on launch i'm playing currently on the xbox uh series x um and it doesn't seem to be it does not seem to be exceptionally glitchy. Like, it's still a Bethesda game. Yeah. It still has some things, but it is not the almost unplayable nightmare it was when it launched. Yeah, definitely. Do you think with them being owned by Microsoft now and their titles that are now going to be first-party titles for Xbox, do you think it'll be not acceptable anymore 
to have the Bethesda jank in it at launch? Oh, man. I don't know. Because you just look at some of these bigger RPGs that have come out, like even Witcher 3 when Fallout 4 came out. I'm like, that game had some problems, but it definitely was not Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just feel like and you Bethesda's see... been outclassed a little bit. So I'm just wondering if like that perception changes more now that they're technically a first-party team. Yeah, and like, I guess there's 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 something to be said about having the security of of being owned by Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Like, you can probably take your time. Yeah, right. Um, Which there were so many rumors that they would could maybe get that game out this year, but maybe it's just one of those things of like because they have that security now. That time, that game being Starfield. Yeah, exactly. They could just spend all this time to really hone that game in maybe that's why they're so confident to put a date on it yeah you know because they're like yeah i think we'll be content complete by the end of the year or something like that and really just polish the game up who knows it'll be interesting to see next next year a year and a half from now almost (laughs) yeah cool uh but yeah that's pretty much it i i guess i'll i'll get into that f1 2021 this week yeah uh, I have my racing chair ready. It's all rigged up with my <laughs> with my wheel and the pedals. I just need to. The yeah. thing is, it, it it folds up, so I need to like unfold it, put it into position because it goes into two different positions. It goes into like a more upright position for like GT racing, and then it then you can get real low for F1 racing. Yeah, okay, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'll have to try to maybe figure out this career mode. Yeah, two player career mode. It'd be cool if we could like be on the same team you know what i mean and like team orders win, let me buy yeah try to win the constructors <laughs> and all that stuff so and the game has still like i feel like they even expanded all the customization options even more of like things you can do with the game just to kind of fine-tune it for what you want which is just awesome i love that stuff in game so yeah, it'd be very cool. I watched a stuff. quick look from a giantbomb.com, and it looks like the damage modeling is a little bit uh, yeah. different. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, it's definitely improved, for sure. Mm. All right, well, yeah. we'll get to that eventually. Uh, but first, we need to do the rest of this podcast, and to do that, we have to dive into the news, which we have a list here. Um, yeah, we have a list. Um. <laughs> A lot of things got delayed this week, too. Yeah, let's. Decent I guess we can start with games. delays. <laughs> um, we have a another delay for some Ubisoft games. Uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. Yep. Which I still don't like that name, but yeah, no. whatever. And Riders Republic are both delayed. Uh, Riders Republic. Is coming out, still coming out this year, October twenty eighth. But uh, Rainbow Six Extraction is moved to January of next year. Was it originally a December game? Am I remembering that? September. Oh, yeah, it was supposed to be out in two months. Okay. So. Huh. Yeah, which, like, I know the the pandemic has been thrown in there, which, you know, really fucked up a lot of development cycles, but this. Like, Rainbow Six Extraction was supposed to be an early 2020 title. 
when they first revealed it in E3 2019. So <laughs> for it to be pushed back and delayed this much is like, wow. All right. And I personally did not think it looked that exciting at E3. Mm-hmm. I, I did not. I was not vibing with what they were showing off. Um, I don't think this delay obviously will make the game better. I don't think it will maybe turn my head around uh, on it. But I think, too, it's probably better for this game to come out in January. Like, I think towards the end of January is probably a good time to put out something like this because maybe there's not a lot of competition or someone's looking for something new to play on a system that they got for Christmas or something like that. And um, also, because they kind of did this last year too, where Ubisoft delayed a bunch of games and then released a bunch of them all on top of each other. Like they released Watch Dogs Legion, then two weeks later they had Assassin's Creed out, and then uh, a few weeks later they had Immortals out. They were kind of going to do the same thing here where... I think both Rainbow Six Extraction and Rogers Republic were both in September, two weeks apart. I mean, I get they're totally different genres, so they'll speak to different people, but um, they had that, and then um, I forget some of the other titles. That, oh, Far Cry was out like right after that in October. So once again, they were kind of releasing a ton of shit right on top of each other, and I think spreading it out a little bit more probably helps their games out a little bit more. So yeah, but also yeah. like, I feel like when you get this many announcements and delays, like this just reminds me that like don't believe fucking release dates. Yeah, just seriously. don't, just seriously. don't, not not and, even like you can believe a release date if you're within like maybe two weeks of it. <laughs> yeah, and even then, like Cyberpunk showed us that you know yes. maybe you can't believe that, but Cyberpunk was also an anomaly, I think. Um, but I, I agree with you. And there's no reason to really believe a release date, especially with, like, digital storefronts, you know? Yeah. Like, you can just go download it whenever you want, and you can wait till release day. Like, there's no no real reason to pre-order stuff unless you're, you know, you feel really confident in it, um, which I'm sure people felt confident about these games coming out. Mm. But they're not. Like F1 2021, for example, I pre-ordered that game, but I pre-ordered it literally like three days ahead of time. Okay. Like It's like, I'm pretty sure that game's coming out. And like the reviews pop the day that I pre-ordered it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like pretty confident that game's coming out. So I think it's like okay to pre-order something then, but really you don't have to like at all. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, let's just continue along with these delays. Resident Evil Reverse, the multiplayer uh, Resident Evil game, it's not coming out this year. It was originally going to come out alongside Resident <laughs> Evil Village, but it's not even coming out in the same year as Resident Evil Village. No. So it was, yeah, it was supposed to be out with Village and then got booted to July. Yeah. And here we are in July. <laughs> and now it's coming out in 2022. And uh, this game did not look very good at all. And... I don't think it really matters when this game's coming out because I don't think it'll be very popular. Mm. Multiplayer yeah. Resident Evil games just don't work. I feel like it's really hard to do. Uh, I, But, like, I could totally be down for, like, a co-op campaign Resident Evil game. Like, Resident Evil 5 is awesome for that, you know? That might not be the best Resident Evil, but it was so cool that it was literally co-op. You could play through the whole game 
uh, and you could play through it multiple times if you wanted to, to basically do like new game plus sort of stuff. Yeah. That, that was cool. You know, I, I would love to see Capcom do that again with Resident Evil, but you know, because the, that doesn't seem like the direction they're going with Resident no, Evil though. Definitely not. Definitely not. And, but also too, I don't, I can't remember what it was that Resident Evil game. They launched with Resident Evil three remake last year. Like, you don't hear anything about that. It was a multiplayer game. It literally launched with it. It's like, yeah. So, I mm. I mean, whatever. They keep trying this stuff, but I, I don't I don't see this su- succeeding. I, I was seeing people, too, saying, like, well, Resident Evil Village has been selling really well. They don't want to drag the name of Resident Evil Village down at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know if that matters with this. You know, I, I think it's still, people still know that Resident Evil Village is a good game. So, I, I don't know. I yeah, don't know I mean, what they're really missing out on is selling a Lady D skin in that, this game. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. That is true. Oh, yeah. man. All right. Microsoft's Ghostwire Tokyo uh, <laughs> has been delayed um, to early 2022. Um, and... The reasoning here to protect the health of those working on the game, um, which I guess I'll just, hmm. yeah, I mean, that could mean a number of things. That could A, mean COVID. That could B, mean like they don't want to do the crunch. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, probably a good decision if that's if that's the reasoning. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, Tango's a Japanese team. Japan in a state of emergency, you know, yep. COVID spiking pretty, pretty big over there. They're going to have the Olympics <laughs> over there too. But but yeah, it I makes, mean, it makes sense. They it it's so bad that they aren't even allowing spectators at the Olympics. Right. Not exactly. even people within Japan are going to spectate. Correct. So they built all those stadiums yes. for no reason. Correct. Yeah. Which probably definitely sucks. Yeah, it definitely sucks considering like. <laughs> The way that those funds are pulled from other pro, like I'm I'm not familiar with the Japanese government, but the way it typically works is that those funds are like definitely pulled from the taxes that yes. could have been spent elsewhere. Yeah, it's it's literally insane what these countries do to host the Olympics. Like yeah. literally building stadiums and stuff. It's like oh my god, yeah. and then they just sit there and I don't know. Doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but and in anyways. some cases it is extremely unethical. Uh, yes. Like I, I know. It is a very contentious decision that uh, the World Cup is being hosted in Qatar. Yes, that's that's uh, what I'm where like of. they are literally withholding people's visas and forcing them to work. Correct. Before they can return. Yes. That's that's the one I was thinking of. Like, yeah, it's just not not cool to do that sort of stuff, but. Anyways, I, I, this is probably a good decision, too, because, to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about this game and forgot mm-hmm. that it was trying to come out this year. I mean, the, from what we saw, the game seems kind of neat, yeah. but early 2022, I think, is going to make a lot of sense for this game. Yeah. And kind of spreads some things out, too, because, you know, this is a PS5 exclusive. We've uh, already got Deathloop coming out this yes, year. Yes, Deathloop's out in September. Horizon might be out in the fall this year. Um so, you know, Sony, I guess, can kind of spread these exclusives out a little bit and keep keep things rolling into next year, mm. where we'll maybe get, you know, Gran Turismo early on in the year or something like that. 
kind of keep things rolling. Hmm. All right. All right. Let's get into some EA stuff here because uh, I guess the last delay, I think, here that, that we have listed is the Battlefield 2042 um, playtest. Uh, they've confirmed that there's going to be cross-play in Battlefield 2042, um, which I guess was up for contention because PlayStation is still playing hardball, maybe? Maybe, but I think it's also... It's interesting how they're doing it. So PC Series X slash S and PS5 um, are all doing cross-play. And then Mm -hmm. Xbox One and PS4 do cross-play together, but that's it. So if you're on a PS4, you can't play with someone on a PS5, I don't think. And that's because of the match size and all that stuff yes. all the kind of enhanced things that are going to happen on the new consoles and the PC version that the PS4 and Xbox one simply can't handle mm-hmm. I, I get this kind of kind of sucks you know if you're on a PS4 and you can't play with your buddy on a PS5 but I think this is probably the right decision ultimately because it you know just allows the game to be what it needs to be on both versions and then um at least they're doing some form of crossplay. I mean, you know, we've seen some of these games not even get it at all. So it's cool that they're at least committing to it. And uh, I think it's smart of them to also get ahead of something like this. Because um, we, and I think this is a little bit of a ripple effect of what happened with Cyberpunk of like explaining what, ahead of time what you're going to get on the last gen version. On the, like the PS4 version of the game, um, rather than just having it launch and being like, "Why can't I play with my buddy on a PS5 or something like that?" So, I think, I think it's smart of EA to get ahead of some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so originally they planned to have a beta this month in July, but uh, they've they've confirmed later this summer, which maybe we'll find out at EA Play. Yeah. Uh, which sense. will not feature Skate. They announced Skate last year. Yeah. They built they built a brand new studio for Skate after they announced it. Yeah. It's no surprise that it's not ready. No. <laughs> no. I I don't even think we'll see this game for like two years. You know? I, I, like, I don't even think we'll see it next year. If we do, it's it's a CG teaser. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. No, no, no surprise there. Hmm. Kind oh. of surprised at this next one. No Star Wars. No Star yeah. Wars will be. There's, there's no Star Wars games revealed at EA Play Live. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been rumors of maybe Kotor, but uh, I think we've already, we already know Bioware is not going to be there, so it wouldn't have been right. Bioware doing Kotor. No, I. I forget who the studios that is rumored to do KOTOR the KOTOR remake I'll look that up then but um, I believe um, I see it here it's Asper yeah Asper yes that is correct which I think they are a team owned by Coke Media Mm. so in the Embracer group so very interesting there that they would get a, a shot at remaking one of the most beloved RPGs of all time you know so yeah, so I imagine we'll hear about that 
at Star Wars Celebration, which is supposed to be next May. Um, and I really would have thought that we might have gotten like a teaser or something for Jedi Fallen Order at this year's EA Play, but perhaps that'll happen at Star Wars Celebration. Or the Game Awards. Yeah. I can maybe see that too. Yeah, definitely. Because you put it at, yeah, 2022 would be, well, I guess fall of 2022 would be three years since the first Jedi Fallen Order. Maybe. It seems like it might be a quick, too quick of a turnaround, but maybe you at least announce it next year or something. I would have thought that they would maybe do that, especially with other teams now getting into uh, Star Wars games and you know, working with Disney and Lucasfilm with that license, I would have thought that maybe EA would be like, hey guys, we're still making these games too. You yeah. know, sorry, but we are. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait for uh, that announcement. Yeah, it just makes me go like, well, what is that EA play? Obviously, what they said, Battlefield 2042 Apex Legends stuff. It's got to be Dead Space. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, the rumors are really hot for that one but it's gotta be at this point because they're like no uh no star wars no skate no bioware games like what is there fifa ultimate team yeah which it turns out all those ps4 pros that got confiscated in you in the ukraine were not mining bitcoin or cryptocurrency they were mining fifa ultimate team yeah stuff i saw that that's that's just insane. I'm not sure if that's better or worse. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And then I also saw that if you want the next-gen upgrade for FIFA 2022, you have to buy the Ultimate Edition of FIFA 2022, which is 100 bucks, <laughs> which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. EA the, yeah, I'm not getting into FIFA this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh we have other announcements coming later this year, um, mostly on this article from Atlas teasing Persona announcements. Seven announcements for the 25th anniversary of Persona. You gotta imagine one of those is Persona 6. Yeah. Definitely. I'd well, be very excited for Persona 6. <laughs> yeah, I think there'd be a lot of hype for it. I mean, cause just because Persona's bigger than it's ever been. Yeah, and maybe so. maybe even one of these is an older Persona remake, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are a lot of things they do. They also do a lot of spin-offs. They've already done some spin-offs for Persona 5. Mm-hmm. Um so I I don't know. I can see more of that happening too. Yeah, I mean, seven announcements though. That's that's pretty pretty exciting. So, yeah, lots of stuff for Persona fans. Maybe yeah, you know, I don't know. They would, but maybe like Persona 5 coming to other systems or something. I don't know. Or Persona 5 Royal getting a PS5 version, maybe. Mm. But didn't they announce Persona 5 like years before it came out? Actually, I thought they did. Um, so them announcing Persona 6 and it's still not out for two or three more years mm. wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. It would at least just acknowledge, like, hey, this is coming which I think is all Persona fans really need. <laughs> mm. You know? All right. Let's stick with the JRPG train here and talk about Final Fantasy uh, because this is this is something that, you know, 
did not cross my mind until I saw it. <laughs> uh, so obviously, over at Square Enix, they're working on that Final Fantasy VII remake. But it has come to the surface that a Final Fantasy ten three has a plot. And it could come after this Final Fantasy VII remake. Final Fantasy ten three. <laughs> Only once before do I remember them making uh, three three parts to a Final Fantasy game, and that was Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah. Right. It would be, I, I cannot comprehend going back to Final Fantasy ten. And making a third Final Fantasy X. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like Final Fantasy X? Um, I feel like that one's kind of a contentious one, maybe. Like, I hear great things about it, and then I hear people saying, like, I fucking hate this game. You know? Well, where do you fall? <sighs> okay. <laughs> I, I am okay with it existing. Mm-hmm. I am okay with the existence of Final Fantasy X as a series, X and X-2. They they can exist. I would never in my life say I'm a fan of Final Fantasy X. Mm, okay. Gotcha. do like the sphere grid, though. I, I like a sphere grid. Do you like I, the blitz ball? No. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. So, I mean, if they wanted to break out and make a better Blitzball, I am all in for a better Blitzball. But mm. Blitzball, as it exists in Final Fantasy X, sucks shit. Mm. Gotcha. So would you be excited for a ten three at all? I would be excited for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be excited for the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's... Interesting, too, that they say, like, yeah, it exists, but we wouldn't do it until Final Fantasy VII Remake is done, which who the fuck knows when that'll be done. You know, maybe within the next decade. <laughs> so Final Fantasy X-3 is going to be a launch game for the PlayStation 6. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And, and like, if they do a 10 3 do they remake ten and ten two as well? Or do they... You know, just re-release them on whatever the current platform is to, like, get people into whatever ten three might be. You know, is that the next big remake that they would do after 7? I don't know. See, this is all painful to me because, honestly, I just want f- more Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know that's that's not something everyone's into. I know you'll never play Final Fantasy fourteen. You're more likely to play... A Final Fantasy ten three than you are, probably Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're definitely going to play Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah. I, I know that for a fact mm-hmm. that you're going to play that game. Yeah. Um, would like I think it would be an interesting strategy though for for Square to almost pull a Capcom with the Final Fantasy series of every other release being something new and then a remake of something could be neat like you know capcom's obviously remade resident evil 2 and 3 and some others they're remaking 4 but then they put out 7 and 8 you know kind of going back and forth of like here's the new thing but here's a reimagining of something from the playstation 1 era um it could be kind of interesting if square does that with final fantasy just be like here's 16 and then i imagine 7 part 2 will be next after that 
and you know keep going back and forth or something. Mm. If they, if you had to pick an old Final Fantasy for them to remake, which one would you pick? Damn, I don't. Mm. In remake, in say with as much production as Seven remake. Oh. Ooh. Well, let here. Let me. Well, I'm going to ask you to, a two parter. Which one do you want to see remade with the production of Seven? And which one do you want to see remade with the production of, say, an Octopath Traveler? Okay, so, hmm. I, I, I honestly, you, we saw like what they did with the classic Final Fantasies on mobile. They just like went back and did the pixel art yeah. over that. I wish they would have just done the Octopath thing with mm. those games. Yeah, that would have been so much better than what oh, they've yeah. done. Definitely. Um, but as for, you know what, I'm gonna go full sicko. They should make, <laughs> they should remake Final Fantasy Eleven, the M- the first oh. MMO they made. Oh man! <laughs> in in like the seven form. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why not? Like reimagine that story as a single player game. Could be neat. Well, I wasn't expecting that. But there you go. Because I, cool. I, I mean, I, honestly, I'm okay with the games as they exist now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I didn't even need a Final Fantasy VII remake. It's really cool what they're doing. Yep. But yeah, uh, I'd rather them make new things. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's see what do we have here. We got some uh, data miners out here. Apparently, Netflix and. Uh, PlayStation are going to collaborate here, make make some Ghost of Tsushima stuff on Netflix. Seems like Netflix is interested in these video game tie-in things because of the success of The Witcher. Yeah, this makes sense to me. See, I I think I'd honestly be more interested in a um, Ghost of Tsushima Netflix series than a, another Ghost of Tsushima game. Really? To be honest, because I think that form. I miss samurai movies. I mm-hmm. miss good samurai movies. I'm sure there are some good independent samurai movies out there that that I just haven't seen. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see Netflix do do some samurai shit. Yeah, I could see that. And so Netflix hired a former EA and Oculus executive to basically lead uh, its video game efforts. And like Netflix, not only are they doing more video game shows. But they are they want to actually get into literal video games as yes. like streaming and stuff on the and offer that as part of your subscription to Netflix. They'll probably raise the money again of it, but yeah. they say they're not. Who knows? But which I think is really interesting if Netflix got into that game of just streaming, you know, and try to compete with Microsoft and Amazon and Google there um and offer that and i wonder how well they could do and then also does that then translate into them making their own video games who the fuck knows netflix just going to take over but but yeah and apparently some of the images that were dug up were uh, a ghost of tsushima image and then the images of controllers which look like dual sense controller so maybe there's some sort of partnership there that's going to be announced soon who knows but it's it would be really 
you get really PlayStation weird. Now alongside your Netflix <laughs> subscription. Man, wow. That'd be a bold move for Sony. I don't know how they would work the dollars out there, but mm. that would be a bold move because, you know, Netflix has over 200 million subscribers. So, you know, I think doing anything with them can really boost your IP potentially. I mean, look what it did for just the Witcher game and other things. And, and like, uh, music, like when, I didn't really like it, but when Motley Crue put out that, you know, that movie of their career or whatever, like their streaming numbers went through the fucking roof, you know, all their album sales and stuff. So be smart to do that sort of, sort of stuff, but we shall see. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, we have more news on your favorite game, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Christopher Judge, voice of Kratos, is going to voice Black Panther in uh, in Marvel's Avengers. So, yeah, we have a voice actor to put with Black Panther. Yeah, and I, I think this is a good pick. I think he's a, he's a really great voice actor, and I think he can suit... Um, the Black Panther character really well. It's interesting that he said he turned it down like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he basically said that his mother and his children said that they would disown me if they didn't do it <laughs> or if I didn't do it. Mm. So kind of came back around to it, but you know, obviously there will be comparisons made much like the, actual actors and everything with some of the characters already in the MCU but I think I think he's a good pick to to fill those shoes a little bit mm-hmm. so good for him and uh, yeah that War for Wakanda thing comes out soon which yeah there was apparently also an article that came out that said it's like 25 hours long but that was an error that Basically, was in the article of this interview uh, with EW that uh, Crystal Dynamics like immediately had to to walk back. Yes. <laughs> okay. Which kind of sucks that they have had to do that, mm. but whatever. So yeah. All right. Um. Hmm. I don't know which order I want to do this in. <laughs> There's some weird stuff happening here. Uh, let's talk about the weird stuff. Lost Judgment could be the last game in the Judgment franchise because the talent agency that, uh, I forget the actor's name. What is the actor's name? Uh, Takuya Kimura, um, his agency, is very strict about where his likeness appears. And apparently they're afraid of his character model being repurposed if they put out a PC version of the Judgment games. We don't have Judgment on PC yet. Right. And this and I will say that this is a very this is a false preconception <laughs> that this agency has that just because the game isn't on PC doesn't mean that people can't pull that model out because that model has been pulled out and uh I've I've seen I've seen uh Yagami alongside some Yakuza characters mm-hmm. uh which those game they don't appear next to each other in any video games. But yeah, apparently this disagreement between Sega and uh, Kimura's agency um, is going to mean that this Lost Judgment might be the last Judgment game. Yeah. 
I think it's just kind of interesting and strange, though, that this agency, like, just owns this dude, basically. Like, they they literally own his likeness, Mm -hmm. which is nuts. Um, And, you know, kind of kind of stinks but i get it uh but also like this agency even like wants to like protect their music and all that stuff that they own like they didn't want to they didn't make a youtube channel for their music until 2018 Mm -hmm. and um they want to try to like protect like literal cd sales and all that stuff which it's like dude that stuff's been dying for so long now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, um, they are living in, like, the 80s and 90s yes. with this shit. Yeah. Johnny and Associates is the name of this agency. So, yeah, they are definitely more old school. Uh, and I think this would be incredibly unfortunate that if they can't figure something out, that this would be the end of uh, the Judgment franchise. And this dude's, like, a pretty big deal in Japan, isn't mm-hmm. he? So yeah. that's part of the reason why, you know, I think Judgment potentially found success. I mean, obviously, it's a good game, too. But, um, you know, so it's a big deal to have him in this game and to continue with him. So I, I hope they can figure something out. Do you think, though, if they don't figure anything out, that they would almost reboot this franchise? With a character that they just kind of develop and make up, like the Yakuza characters, maybe, or I think that I would know. be that would be hard because Yagami is so central to mm-hmm. the Judgment universe. Yeah. Like you can't just make up another Yagami. It would be very silly to try to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not even like his character, like just a totally different character, you know. I don't think you call it judgment. It, I don't okay. because the whole thing, like the reason this game was called Judge Eyes, is a very specific. In Japan, it was called Judge Eyes. Mm-hmm. It is a very specific reference to the plot of that game. Okay, gotcha. Um. So yeah, it's I. I don't think they can continue. <laughs> I mean, I I can see them making another brawler franchise, but I don't think they can continue Judgment if they right. Yeah. If this cannot be resolved. Yeah. Which sucks. Because like you said, like, <laughs> this stuff can be figured out. Mm-hmm. You know, without the game being natively on PC. So, I don't know. Hopefully they can get something figured out. Yeah. Because it would, it would be unfortunate if this one was the last one. Because just between Judgment and, and Yakuza Like a Dragon and then even back to, like, you know, Yakuza 0 and 6 over the past generation, like, this franchise has really been growing a lot mm-hmm. and to have this potentially stymie that a little bit. Yeah. Kind of stinks. Uh, also kind of stinking is, uh, well, in my opinion, is Sony's new marketing push to call everything they re-release on the PlayStation 5 a director's cut. Hideo Kojima doesn't even agree with uh, this marketing strategy uh, because, I mean, his specific words are that, like, Suggesting that nothing was cut from this game. He is the director. This is extra stuff they're they're shoving in for this version. This isn't stuff that was cut from the original release. Um, 
even saying that maybe Directors Plus should be what, what this is referenced as. Um, but yeah, Sony's marketing push is to call everything a Director's Cut, presumably due to the popularity of the Snyder Cut. I think this is that is maybe. how this is developed. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Fuck you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting, and I don't think Hideo Kojima's wrong with his thoughts here either, but I think it's interesting of him speaking out about this. Makes me wonder about his relationship with Sony. I mean, there's I mean, rumors that he's going with Xbox for his next game. So, yeah. Not that I think they like hate each other or anything, but he's definitely speaking his mind where I, I mean, feel they don't own him. <laughs> correct. Correct, but you know, they are publishing this game on PlayStation. So, mm-hmm. and they published PS4 version. So, I would think they would have a little bit of a say in, because I don't think if you had a, a different first party director saying something like this yeah like if sucker punch came out and was like we don't like to call it a director's cut i i don't think they'd be saying that um but he's not he's not wrong because they are adding stuff into the game and you know rather than you know like he's saying like having an edit basically of stuff they had to cut out um mm-hmm. this is more additional like they Basically, they made the game they wanted to make. Yeah. And yeah. that was pretty obvious when it came out. So, yeah. Yeah, director's it's... cut kind of implies that they cut things against the director's will and the director is putting it back in. This That is not the case here. Right. Right. Yeah. So, maybe uh, Sony should re- rethink their branding a little bit. With yeah, because when you see director's cut, it's like, ooh, this is the stuff they didn't let in the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And like same with Ghost of Tsushima, like they're adding a whole nother island to the game. I don't I don't think they were forced to cut that out of the mm-hmm. game. You know, this was probably always in the cards to sell that as DLC. You know, it's a weird thing that we will definitely see more. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Let, let's stick with weird, Tyler. Yeah. You know what's weird? is a Nickelodeon all-star. Yeah. Oh, God. They made a Nickelodeon Smash game. They did. You're a Nickelodeon kid, right? I am. Yeah. Are you? No. Okay. Um, Were you a Cartoon Network kid? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would have loved to see a Nickelodeon ver- Cartoon Network versus game. That would have oh, yeah. been That would have been the seller for me. Yeah, that would have um, been very cool. But, yeah, we have <laughs> this... Which I, I guess we have a. This isn't a full list of characters, but we have characters here. They have the Ninja Turtle. Well, they have two of the Ninja Turtles here listed Michelangelo and Leonardo. Yeah. They have Nigel Thornberry. Yes. The Powdered Toast Man from Ren and Stimpy. I never watched Ren and Stimpy. I yeah, thought, always thought that was a little bit creepy. Yeah. Uh, they have SpongeBob. From SpongeBob SquarePants. They have Sandy from SpongeBob SquarePants. And they have Patrick Starr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you watch this trailer, it is straight up fucking Smash Brothers. Even the way that they introduce the characters is very uh, Smash Brothers. You know, how it'll pop up and be like, uh, you know, Minecraft dude has joined the fight or whatever. And they have just that like picture of him. This is basically the same exact thing. 
if you watch this trailer, it's funny. Yeah, I I think this is okay. So, cool. is there someone not on this list here that you need to see in this game? <laughs> Wait, yeah, I may have watched a Nickelodeon show that I'm kind of remember was rocket power on nickelodeon it was they need to put some of those characters yeah in rocket power could be cool jimmy neutron if they do not have jimmy neutron that is fucked <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think jimmy neutron's in here um how about doug, doug. i don't know if doug would be in was here. cat dog nickelodeon yeah i think it was they got to put cat dog yeah, in this definitely definitely yeah so there's a lot that they could put in here and then the stages seem kind of neat and it looks like a fun game i mean i don't think it's going to be something that's going to set the competitive landscape on fire or anything i want this to be be good yeah me too absolutely i don't know if i'll buy it like right away or anything like that we can't replace smash night with nickelodeon (laughs) with nickelodeon yeah maybe maybe if it's good but um it's cool that they're doing something like this because i just feel like this is a kind of a perfect idea Mm -hmm. in a way for for Nickelodeon and all these characters and brands. It's neat. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot they can do here. I'm, yeah. I'm happy this exists. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, all right. Lastly here, let's return to racing. Gran Turismo 7. There's a beta that leaked. There, there's a sign-up that leaked. They're going to have a beta test. For Gran Turismo 7, I want it. I want in. Put me in there. Yeah. Let me race the new Gran Turismo. <laughs> yes. Um, Gran Turismo not coming out till next year, but, uh, man, I'd like to get into this beta. This beta, however, dude, uh, according to this leak, um, PS5 only for oh. this beta. Yeah. Uh, I need to get a PlayStation 5. Yes. Definitely. You'll get one. But, um, yeah, apparently this leaked through a PlayStation Experience app that I guess Sony thought that no one looked at, which, granted, no one's Mm -hmm. looking at it. So it's kind of probably a smart thing to use it, but I guess someone did look at it when they were trying to stuff out, and that's kind of where this kind of came from, leaking this out, called Gran Turismo Quest is what this beta might be called. I think it, it it's kind of a no-brainer that they would do a beta. I mean, they've done betas for all the... Uh, or demos or anything like that. They've done a lot of them for grand, recent Gran Turismo titles. So. Gran Turismo Quest. Do you think Gran Turismo 7 has a story mode? That'd be sweet. I'd be <laughs> in. Why not? Because I, 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 they added it after the fact in sport, but I didn't really like that career mode too much in sport mm. compared to other career modes. It felt just kind of basic, like here's a bunch of tracks. Um Obviously, the focus on that game was the racing and the competitive nature of it, which was very good. So I think if they could keep that aspect of it, maybe enhance it more, and then add a pretty neat story mode, I'd be down. Some sort of career mode, why not? Yeah. For sure. I hope that if they keep any of the competitive nature of what Grand Tourism Sport had with like the FIA and all that stuff, I hope they figure out how to how what am i trying to say like kind of figure out the programming a little bit more of because there were times in multiplayer where 
someone would hit you and yeah. you would get fucked for that. Yeah. Like with your grade or whatever that was. Um, and that stuff kind of sucks. So hopefully they can get that more yeah. fine tune if that's in this game still. Yeah. Yeah. It's always tricky to try to iron out like how to judge who's at fault. Yeah. Like there's a reason like there, there are like race directors and like there mm. are stewards that determine these things because it kind of does take a human touch to like figure out like what, what happened. Yes. It, I, I imagine creating that kind of AI would be uh very challenging. Yes, definitely. Although there are ways like, hmm. And I think they do this in F1 too. Like they, they have access to the driver's inputs to figure out like what was the driver doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there, there could be an element of that uh, programmed into this. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'm, I'm also curious. I think one of the things that Gran Turismo Sport did that was very smart is having daily races, mm-hmm. so that, that like, yes, there's a new thing every day to to go out and see what see what you can do. Yeah. And they also had like that race calendar, so if you wanted to actually compete, you can mm-hmm. you have that up there. Um, like bigger tournaments and stuff they had too. Yeah, this was neat. Gran Turismo is part of the Olympics this year. Yeah, it uh, is. I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, very, very curious to see, uh, how Gran Turismo 7 shapes up because I, I'm a fan of that series. Yeah. I like racing, so bring it on. All right. Well, my computer is yelling at me to, uh, restart to update. Uh, Uh so, uh, let's, um, let's, let's finish this podcast so I can export it and not lose this recording. Uh, uh. Um, we'll we'll see y'all next week. But until then, there there are a couple things you can do to help us. One way is rate us and review us and share us with your friends. If you have questions, you can send them in to us via email at playstationreportpodcast at gmail dot com or via Twitter at ps report podcast. You can find me at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at plugged on vids. We'll catch you all next week, but until then, be good to each other, play your video games, and... Get in there, Lewis. Yeah. We had the Formula One, the British Grand Prix, uh, this this weekend. Uh, it was a hot weekend over yes. there. Track temperatures reaching 50 degrees centigrade. Yep. That's very hot. Super hot. Super very, very hot. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we. It was the, also the first uh, instance, the, the experiment with sprint qualifying. Yes. Do not call it a race. F1 doesn't want to call it a race. It was very much a race. A lot of the broadcast <laughs> team called it a race yeah. against the F1's wishes. Because it was a fucking race. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, and then we also, you know, we can talk about those new cars then. Yeah, 2022 the cars. cars. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, I guess let's let's start with the sprint qualifying before we get into the race and the insane drama that ensued out of that. But, you know, did you watch the sprint qualifying? What did you think about it? I watched the sprint qualifying. I like it. Yeah? I like it. It was, it was chaotic. Mm-hmm. A lot of things happened. It was... You saw what the drivers will do when they don't have to think about their tires. Yes. 
and just go for it. Yeah. Like, literally, they don't have to worry about anything except going for it. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I will say, I mean, this is just me being a complete sicko. Make it shorter. That's 100% what I was going to say. Because when you get to about maybe halfway through that race, things really start to settle in. And it's mm-hmm. like, eh, all right, there's not much more that's going to happen. Yeah, make it 10 laps. Yes. And be done with it. Like, that's that's a sprint to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that would be awesome if they made it shorter. Yeah. I, I liked it, too. Um, I think it's bizarre, though. It gets a little technical. I think it's weird that pole goes to whoever wins that race, the sprint qualifying race. Like, I think it should be, you know, whoever gets it on Friday, and then this is just a sprint race to shake up the grid. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Hmm. I know people are very split on that, but it it was entertaining. Um, there is a lot of drama in it, especially like, say, like uh, with George Russell and. Carlos signs like how uh, they kind of made some contact and everything and then you know so there's some drama that comes out of that sort of stuff it's going to happen um, we got we got our Mazda spin on the qualifying race did yep 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 exactly so I like it it's not going to work for every track uh, definitely not like I don't see this happening at Monaco or Singapore or some track like that um, but I think a couple of these more like maybe high speed tracks, like I think Monza will be really exciting to watch oh, for spring yeah. spring qualifying. And then I'm curious what what other track they might do. Like maybe um, Brazil might be a good one to do this for. I, I don't know. It's it is entertaining. I can see them doing it more often, but I I also don't like it. Uh, I don't think I would like it all the time because. Uh, I very much uh, think the qualifying format's exciting. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I think a candle just got blown out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was entertaining. Yeah. I mean, the candle blown out, I was smelling some some burning. Yeah. Those tires definitely looked like they were burning up. Oh, yeah. After, could, like, could... 17 laps, they were, like, almost blown wide Toasted. open. Yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um I w- I'm curious because um, the sprint qualifying is going to have uh, people go for it. If there's more instances of sprint qualifying, how does that look like point penalty points-wise since people are going to go for it? Do they have to change some rules around mm. like how many penal po- penalty points are being awarded? Um, yeah. Or like how many you need to get a race suspension because we have a few drivers that are close to a race suspension. Yes. Um so, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I wonder how they're going to deal with that. Right. I agree. So, yeah, Max Verstappen won that. And um, that's that's about it for his weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because as we get to the race, um, it's very, uh, very close on, on the restart. Uh, I think Hamilton does get a slightly better start, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't quite make the pass until... Uh, well, he, we see Max weaving around a little bit, right? Like we, we've, I think we saw this a lot in the sprint qualifying too. Uh, cars weaving on the straights to break the toe, um, and we see Hamilton try a couple of times to get around uh, Verstappen. Yeah. Um, but backing out of it, like because it just wasn't going to happen, 
and then uh, I believe that's cops where this yeah. incident happened. He, he Verstappen tried to cover off the inside and then went back out to the racing line to try to take the corner. Mm-hmm. But Hamilton did not back out. He kept going up the inside. Uh, and it was kind of an instance of Verstappen. I, I think Verstappen thought he covered him off, maybe, um, and kind of turned into Hamilton or it's there are a couple ways you can look at this Hamilton yeah, didn't wasn't taking a great line you could see correct. that he wasn't necessarily like even if they don't make contact there he doesn't leave enough room on the outside there for Verstappen to make that corner uh unless like one of them backs out and neither of them backed out yeah uh well smallest touch and then uh Verstappen's wheel just pops off and he goes, and that's a very fast corner, too. Like, you take that flat out. Yep. So he goes spinning off the track and slams right into a tire barrier. Um, race, it goes to a yellow flag at first, but then it then it, then it turns into a red flag. Um, thankfully, Verstappen's okay. He gets out of the car, uh, eventually goes to a local hospital to get checked out. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of arguing on the pit wall to Michael Massey, yeah. who does not make the decision no. about what what the decision should be here. No. <laughs> yeah, it is a racing incident, in my opinion. But I don't like. I didn't like the penalty that Lewis got in that. I thought it was too lenient because that was incredibly fucking dangerous. On both parts. I mean, yeah, one of them maybe should have backed out or something like that. Definitely. But uh, that's one of the fastest corners on any track that F1 races on. And seriously, like, Max's car was fucking pancaked on oh, the yeah, one side. Oh, yeah, you see and, that thing. And, man, like, y- you you think back to some of those cars even 10, 20 years ago. Like, I don't know if he would have walked away from that. Like, mm-hmm. that was fucking horrible to watch. And so I, I personally just felt like the penalty just it wasn't harsh enough to send a message to the drivers of like, hey, that's dangerous. Don't do that. Um, and I know there's the fine line of you want the drivers to race, especially mm-hmm. on the opening laps. I totally get that. But I, I don't know, man. I thought that was just a little a little fucked. And, and to me, like. I felt like Max left enough room. Yeah, he was he was pinching Lewis a little bit, but there was definitely more room. And there was another pass that Lewis made later in the race where he went further over to the curb mm-hmm. and made that pass. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, and and what I also don't get is like, like I get Mercedes definitely looked quicker this weekend. Lewis is very good at Silverstone. Um, and I get that they wanted to get Max on the opening lap because maybe that was it almost. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, they had a really quick car. They've shown throughout several races this season that they are pretty good at strategy to win. Um, and then you could look at it with Max, too. Like, Max, he knows he has the better car. Maybe he does let Lewis go and gets him back, you mm-hmm. know? few few laps later or something i mean i like i think you can literally look at both sides but i just think it's a little bit of a in my opinion hollow victory for lewis hamilton in my opinion 
that's that's kind of where I stand on it. What about you? I don't know. I I think I don't I don't agree with it being a hollow victory um, because he did have a lot of work to do because of the, True. like. Yeah, you you say the penalty wasn't harsh enough, but it was still a 10 second penalty, which he served in the pits. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to claw a lot of that time back. And it it took him to the like the last three laps of the yeah. race to, to actually get get back up there. Yeah, he did um, show a lot of pace at the end, which yeah. was pretty insane. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I see, like, if this happened, like, say, lap 10 or 15, like, I, I would have, I would have totally seen, like, a more harsh penalty for, mm-hmm. for this, but this, this is lap one. This is, like, they, they were, like, they were side by side going into that corner, and, like, I mean, I, I feel like this is consistent with a lot of the other decisions they've made this year. Mm. I can like, see that. Um, so, yeah. It, yeah, it's just, it's just tricky. Uh, I, and I also, I, and I know race, it's racing, racing's racing, and this was mostly yeah. a racing incident, but I also don't want the title battle between these two to be decided with stuff like this. And I know Max still has the lead mm-hmm. and all that. There's still plenty of racing left this season, but... You know, I, I want to see them race and not wreck each other. I know, like, Max ran Lewis off at Imola a little bit. You know, st- stuff like that's going to happen. But, you know, I, I, I want them to at least be racing on the track, you know what I mean, and finishing the races just as a fan mm-hmm. of F1. And I, I just don't want stuff like this to kind of decide the championship. But, yeah, you know, and, it happens every, and in that every incident, year. It was the very fine margins. Like, oh, like yeah. it's it was like the smallest touch. Like, if Lewis backed off, like, a couple couple miles per hour, like, he would have, like, he would have seated that corner. Yeah. If, like, I don't know, like, Max might have been able to back out and, like, just take a little bit of an escape out of, yeah. Out of that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I... I'm not sure. Like, it, it it can literally go. You can look at it at every angle and be yeah. like, "Well, Max could have done something, or Lewis could have done something." I will say, like, Helmet Marco can go get fucked yeah. asking for a yeah. race ban. I, I think that's that's definitely too far. Absolutely, but I can see how Red Bull would be fucking furious. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they <laughs> have every right to be angry, but I I don't see that being a yeah. race ban. Like, I just yeah. I, to me, I just think it's just it's such a fucking dangerous thing to happen like that right there that mm-hmm. you know i just think lewis should have got a little bit more that's just me a race band though that's fucking absurd yeah. i mean come on that's crazy but i i hope max is okay i mean you 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 uh can imagine he's probably a little potentially concussed concussed oh yeah. after a hit like that and yeah, I, think, I, I i think i heard like that was like a 52g yes impact yes and you, you saw when he got out like he literally couldn't walk mm-hmm. like they or they didn't also didn't want him to walk and you know you could tell he was just fucking winded i mean that that was a nasty nasty fucking crash and i think that it, but for him and red bull they're probably pretty in a way, the schedule kind of works out for them because it's two weeks until the next race. Because, you know, if this was a back to back, I would be a little worried that he might not be able to race next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't have a driver racing concussed. Mm-hmm. That's just not good. But also, you know, I was really pulling for Charles Leclerc to win that race, though. 
I, I I don't know. I think it it would have been cool to see him and Ferrari back on top. I mean, they've made a lot of gains. He he ran a pretty good race, even though Ferrari was like all their like their yeah, software that... mapping for the fucking engine was all fucked up. Like, oh my god, that team's just insane. Yeah. Like they make some of the dumbest decisions. Like one of my favorite things out of this race was I think it was Carlos Sainz. They came up on the radio and was like, uh, like okay, Plan B or C. Which one you want to go with? It's mm-hmm. like, just make a call. <laughs> Only like Ferrari does stuff like that. It's it's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the Italians have a little taste for drama. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. But I think it's just, it's kind of amazing to me that they were even that close to a win if you thought back to their season last year. Mm. I mean, they definitely made some some good strides this year. I mean, they've had bad races, but for them to even be up there competing, you know, in the top six spots is pretty good because they were way off last year mm-hmm. after, you know, being discovered that their engine wasn't legal, mm-hmm. you know, yes. in 2019. <laughs> and I wonder so. what what loopholes are going to try to exploit with the new regulations. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, what what do you think of those new, new cars? I think they look cool. I think they look they're cool looking cars i don't know how they'll be on track uh i hear they'll be a little bit slower but that might also mean they can race closer together yes it Um, seems like the whole design of these cars is to basically reduce the amount of like dirty air that comes across the cars which is what makes passing hard now mm -hmm. so that's kind of the whole design and hey man if it works then it could make something like the sprint qualifying like even more exciting you know what i mean like I think they I think they look really cool and there's some really neat things about them. They kind of remind me, I mean they're they're more more advanced. It, it kind of takes like probably one of my favorite looking cars is like looking back at like the early 2000s era of cars. I just love how they looked. They were kind of skinny and they looked really like just mobile mm-hmm. where these cars now are obviously a lot wider. I feel like you're kind of taking the modern cars that we have now and mixing it with those early two thousands, mm-hmm. like Michael Schumacher era cars. And I don't know. It, it, it has some pretty cool potential, uh, at least on paper. Obviously we won't see it till next year, but I really do hope that it, it makes the racing closer and better. And that it also just shakes the grid up. Yeah. Like it'd be cool to see someone, you know, it might be a pipe dream, but someone like Haas or Williams really make a comeback, you know what I mean? And be up there challenging some of the top teams. So, who knows? Yeah. And then you have the whole cost cap thing coming in ne- into play next year. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how that cost cap impacts uh, when you have stuff like what happened to Red Bull oh, yeah. this weekend. Because that looks like that whole car is trashed. Yes, absolutely yeah like what what do you <laughs> yeah how does how does formula one work that in there mm-hmm. you'd almost think there might be some sort of fucking rules or something that like hey if your cars get trashed or something maybe you can go over the cap but only only to basically build a new car or yeah. engine because you don't want to be at the point where you have a team at the cost cap and then they wreck their car and then they can't even compete yeah that that wouldn't work out i'm sure they have I'm sure they've thought through that yeah. in some way, but lots of, lots of drama, lots of, 
Lots of drama still left. Yes, there the is. <laughs> There's like, oh man, let me see if I can. Oh, let me pull up the constructor standings here because yeah, it's very fucking that. close. Yeah, um, I didn't look at any of that actually. Because oh, whatever, I don't. Because they fuck only had like cookies. a forty-point lead. I thought Red Bull did. Yeah, and now um, I have the constructor standings in front of me here. Um, Red Bull's ahead of Mercedes by four points. Oh, my God. Wow. And McLaren's only ahead of Ferrari in third um, by, it's at 15 points. Wow. Yeah, Ferrari really gained on them. And then you have uh, further down the battle for fifth, AlphaTauri at 49, Aston Martin at 48, and Alpine at 40. Yeah. So, like, a lot of, uh, a lot of tight... Uh, race is happening there. Yeah, and then Max only has an eight-point lead over Lewis. Mm. Valtteri's five points behind Lando, and both Lando and Valtteri now moved over um, Sergio Perez, yeah. who had an awful fucking weekend. Yeah. I mean, it, another <laughs> note, uh, Red Bull being very petty and, have, and sacrificing... Uh, yeah. Perez to steal one point from uh, Hamilton, one point that they would not receive because yeah. Perez was out of the top ten. Hey man, I think when things are that close, every point counts. You you don't know, man. Yeah, but who knows? The, <laughs> no, the thing is, it was that is only a thing for the drivers' championship, I yes. think, because like it it would have Perez was like in tenth when they pitted him for for right. that, right? So. <laughs> Sacrifice one Perez point to take away a point from yeah. Hamilton. Like that is that is some petty bullshit. Yeah, it it, it is. It definitely is. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. Yeah. So I think there's only um, one more race left, and then mm-hmm. it's the um, mid-season break. Yep. So we got hungry, and then then they're off till uh, the end of August. Come back with Spa. I'm curious. I saw a great comment um, on Reddit while I was just reading some stuff about the race. And I, w- this comment, I loved it. I'm like, I w- they said, I wonder what Lewis's reception will be like at um, Sandefort oh, in, yeah. in the Netherlands. <laughs> like, because that's, that's Max's home race. Oh, yeah. Like, You're going to see an, a sea of orange. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And probably a lot of booze for Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be ex- it, it was very ex- exciting, at least to watch and have all those fans there. I mean, yeah. say what you want about pandemic, all that stuff, but it 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 brings such an energy, even just watching it on TV to the track. Yeah, to like hear everyone yelling like that, it's it is cool to see that stuff. I feel like that was just kind of that's obviously been very missed yeah. in F one. And where did where did Hamilton stow that flag away in that tiny little cockpit? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah, because <laughs> you you hear stories about how tight it is to just fit in that seat. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I have I have some thoughts on that that I'll I'll get to when we talk about some video games. Oh, okay. So 